Welcome, church family. This is Dee Kelly. I'm one of the pastors at San Diego First Church of the Nazarene. For all of you who are joining us in this journey through the lectionary readings, or for those of you who are coming for the first time, it's great to have you with us. Uh, just to remind you that our First Impressions podcast is to look at the scripture reading for this coming Sunday, which is June 25th, and to, to give us an opportunity to read it before we get to Sunday and dig a little deeper into the curiosities, the questions, the phrases that jump off the page to us. I have with me for this podcast, Tom Loney, who uh, joined us for the last podcast on Connecting Points. Um, he's going to read the passage for us, and then we'll join together in reflecting on this together. Tom, glad you're here. Why don't you read for us Romans chapter 6, beginning with verse 1, going through verse 11. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or, don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Tom. Um, there are several things that kind of jump off the page to me. The first is the way that Paul states those first couple of lines. It's almost as if he's... Um, thinking how ridiculous your logic could be if this is what you think that we should go on sinning that grace should abound. And he blurts out, by no means, what are you thinking? Um, and I just think of the many things that happen in my journey that sometimes when you put just a, a magnifying lens on it of logic, you go, well, that's illogical. Why do you do that? What's the purpose behind that? I I don't know why this came to mind. Well, yeah, I do. But it's, it's a long time ago when, and it's still an issue, when they talk about identity theft and how people can get online and do things and steal your identity. And it was always um, related to bank accounts or credit or that kind of thing. And I remember reading an article that said, um, you know, they don't typically steal identity of somebody who has horrible credit. <laughs> and I thought, well, 
that's great because at the time I didn't have great credit. And uh, I thought, I'll never have my identity stolen. But for that then to become a reason to continue to have poor credit <laughs> rating so that I never have my identity stolen, well, that's just ridiculous logic. So what should we say then? Should we go on having poor credit that my identity won't be stolen? By no means. It's ridiculous. So I feel that same way about this opening passage that Paul is saying, okay, so we talk about grace and grace and grace and grace. And now you're going to take advantage of grace by living beneath what God created you to live? You, you said it better, I think, earlier when we had a conversation about sin, 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 sin. Well, go ahead. Well, uh, it, it's still on the same line, possibly. But as I look at it again, I hear that again about, well, I know people who aren't Christian who would say, well, I'm enjoying life. It's fun. And then they tell me the things they're doing, and I go, well, that's not quite what God wants for you. Isn't what I would say to them, but at least they don't want to give up the sin and the good stuff, but they don't realize the Holy Spirit will help them through all of that yeah. once they accept. So it was about sin. I don't want to get rid of this. I'm having a good time. <laughs> yeah. There is also, I think, a readiness to hear the message of grace. And I think, I can't speak for everyone, but I certainly think from my own journey that when I feel like I am living far beneath what I think God desires for my life, and by beneath I mean that I feel like there's more, that, that God's stamped God's image in me, and that that must be a recognition of the best use of whatever gifts or talents I might have. And when there's a readiness to hear that message of kindness and forgiveness, then it seems like there's also a readiness to say, and, oh, Lord, I need your help because I can't do this on my own. Does that make sense? Yeah, for people that are struggling, who have been marginalized, who are put down, that's what Christ came for, is to give them hope. Yeah. Yeah. And the people I mentioned earlier that feel the sinning is don't, something they don't want to let go of. There's also that fear of, I don't think I can live up to this standard, because it sounds impossible. Yeah. But if you know Christ and the Holy Spirit, it's not so difficult. Yeah. And I and I also think that there is something comforting in the two layers of this. One that says, you've already been forgiven, so don't, don't live under the weight of that fear and pain. And the other thing is, and don't think you're tackling this alone. Because my spirit's with you. Christ has already rendered some of those things powerless if you tap into what God's offering you in terms of grace and freedom. And then I think the last piece, and I don't know if it's inherent in this particular one passage, but it's also that we don't do it alone. There are others who walk the journey with us. Mm. And I think that's a real important piece to this as well, because Paul's writing to the Roman Christians, to a community of faith. I mean, I read this and I, I apply it to myself individually. But he's writing to a group of people that are part of a community of faith. And I think that's real important, too. 
I think this passage is like Romans is very meaty mm. and it is just so concise and clear. It's like an attorney put it together of why we should do this and why we shouldn't, why Christ is the answer and how we fit into that plan. And it's a message of hope, but it's very meaty. Yeah, it is. And I like that. <laughs> um, I will tell you one of the um, words that makes me curious. Maybe it's the phrase, but it is found in um, verse 6. And it says that sin might be rendered powerless so that we might no longer be slaves to sin. That notion of sin being powerless. I wrestle with that because sometimes addictions are incredibly strong. Um, old patterns of behavior are deeply ingrained. Family of origin stuff um, will poke its head up when you least expect it. And when I think about the word powerless, but it, go ahead. It doesn't mean that it doesn't exist or that it's not going to affect us, but we don't live in it. It tries to influence us and we may be weak and fall to it, but that's through God's grace that we can to become sanctified. We need to admit each day the things that we may have sinned against and done wrongly, and then he will forgive us. So we have hope in that. It's not a that sin won't be there. Yeah. We're living in the world, but not of the world. I think you're spot on. And I and I think that to set yourself up for never stumbling or struggling can be painful when that occurs. I also think that part of the focus there is that because of what Christ did, it ultimately has no power over our ultimate destination or our ultimate outcome. That before Christ, the power of sin was that it inevitably led us down the pathway of failing to live up to the law, failing to... Um, Which is judgment. Right, right. And so what Christ has done um, through death and resurrection is to free us from the consequences of the law. So since there is no longer that link because what Christ has done, it's powerless in regard to its ability to keep me from fellowship with God. Keep me from fellowship with you. Keep me from fellowship and a relationship that helps me to be the best that I can be. It no longer has the restraint and destruction associated with it. So in that regard, I think it's less powerful. And the imagery that once Christ died and was resurrected, the curtain that divided regular human beings from the temple of God yeah. was rent in half. Now we go straight to God. And all of this just backs all that up with such meaty, concise thinking that who can argue with it? <laughs> yeah. 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 It invites us into spending time reflecting on this incredible gift. And the gift to be fully what God created us to be, 
what a what an offering and that it comes to us wherever we are in our life right now like it didn't have to come to us when we were six and all of a sudden got it all right it comes to wherever we are right now which is much like what jesus displayed through jesus's entire life meets the woman at the well meets the rich young ruler who comes to him meets the people who gathered with the five thousand to listen to him teach meets him at the pool of salam uh, meets the woman who comes up to him in a crowd touches the hem of his garment meets everybody right meets matthew the text collector at the tax collector booth i'm stuck in my head listening to all those that i then see the guy up in the tree that he goes yeah i know i'm going to dinner to your house get down here it's right and he just every little it's just incredible yeah. the tapestry that's woven agreed maybe a good thing for me maybe for others to reflect on is um, where god might meet us if he met us today where would that be any closing thoughts Tom? No, I just look forward to the rest of these to time together. Yep, me too. We can get dig deeper on Sunday and hopefully individually in our journey and then lead to some wonderful conversations that we can have with one another. Great to be with you, Tom. Thank you. Yep, and we'll see all of you soon, I hope. Uh, maybe you can come and join us in church on Sunday. But if not, please join us with the podcasts and uh, have a wonderful day.